I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. I'm Trey Yinkst. The UK may enter a second lockdown as new COVID-19 cases are on the rise. Boris Johnson says the UK is now seeing a second wave of infections. And so that's led him to tighten the restrictions in place here. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Officials in the United Kingdom are having to deal with a population of people that is ready to return to normal life. At the same time, another public health crisis is developing amid a second wave. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Fox News Radio international correspondent Simon Owen, starting first in the U.S., where Johnson & Johnson announced that phase three vaccine trials have begun. This round will have 60,000 participants at 215 research sites in America and around the world. With four vaccine candidates in phase three, the world is that much closer to a coronavirus vaccine. Now to Iran, that recorded more than 3,700 daily cases in the past 24 hours. This sets a record in Iran, though the country is suspected of providing misleading COVID-19 information. This does bring the total coronavirus cases in Iran to more than 430,000 positive cases since the pandemic started. Finally, in the United Kingdom, officials are once again warning the winter months could hit the country extremely hard. The UK is reporting more than 4,000 daily cases amid a second wave, and a countrywide lockdown is a real possibility. So what do things look like there on the ground? So the UK was hit very hard when the coronavirus swept into Europe in the spring. Britain has Europe's highest death toll in the pandemic so far. This is Fox News Radio international correspondent Simon Owen. He joins us today from London. But then the spread was brought under control with a sweeping national lockdown in the spring. And like much of Europe, Britain was kind of closed for about um, three months. And also, like much of Europe, that has blown an enormous hole in the economy. It's had wide-ranging impacts on society. Schools closed for months, concerns about domestic violence, the difficulties that come with potential mass unemployment. But the lockdown did slow the virus's spread. And then the summer here was comparatively calm. The restrictions were lifted. Pubs and restaurants and museums and malls and swimming pools reopened. Families were reunited. The infection rate stayed relatively low. But then in recent weeks, the number of new cases being recorded each day has been rising sharply. And Britain is now counting several thousand new cases daily. And the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson's advisers, when you talk to them, they dismiss the idea that this is down to increased testing, that there's simply a better testing network in place. I mean, that is true, but they say the percentage of tests coming back positive has also gone up. And Boris Johnson says the UK is now seeing a second wave of infections. And so that's led him to tighten the restrictions in place here. We saw Boris Johnson addressing the public almost pleading with them to follow the restrictions that are in place in an effort to slow the spread of the second wave. Are people listening in the UK? And what has the response been to the increased restrictions? I think many people are listening, but at the same time, 
Yes, I mean his speech that he that he gave, and it's rare for a British prime minister to do a televised address to the nation. But he but he did turn up on TV, and um, it was almost a plea for people to to stick to the rules. And he called for discipline and resolve and togetherness. And he was saying to people that that too many people had been breaking the rules. Now the opposition here has been saying it's wrong to blame the public when the government has in its view, made plenty of missteps on its own. You know, the testing network here, which Boris Johnson had said would be world class, is buckling under the pressure and and isn't able to keep up with the demand. And so opposition lawmakers argue that it's a bit rich to turn around and blame citizens for this second wave. But but Johnson says that he said this is a great and freedom loving nation. And he said that that might be behind the reason why people are not, for instance, self-quarantining when they are supposed to perhaps are not maintaining self-quarantine rules when they come back from certain overseas countries where you're supposed to isolate for 14 days or more seriously, perhaps if you have the symptoms and have been instructed by the authorities to self-isolate, people are not doing so in significant numbers. And so Johnson said that that is the reason why he needs to make this new plea. And he and his advisors have also been putting this argument across this question of, well, this time round, why don't we let people take their own chances and decide what risk they're willing to take? And if you think that you'll be okay with a nasty respiratory disease, and if you're young or under 70 or so there's a good chance you will be okay but johnson said that you can't think of it like that he said this has to be a kind of team effort he said the tragic reality of covid is that your mild cough can be someone else's death knell yeah i mean that's really the case and i think that politicians have often politicized this issue when you talk about the opposition there pointing out some of the missteps of the government but what does the medical system look like in the UK early on when the pandemic, its first wave was at its height? We saw some stress on the hospital systems. Is that a major concern heading into the winter months for the UK? Well, I mean, there was a degree of, of stress on it, I think. But equally, at the same time, Britain built a swathe of field hospitals, so sort of conference centers, which suddenly had nothing to do because all of their events were cancelled a number of them were were turned into gigantic field hospitals you know some of the biggest hospitals in the world and then seemingly didn't get much use they weren't really required and and they were then quite quickly mothballed and they are now on standby to uh, come back into into effect i mean johnson's advisors have have laid out a worst case scenario if britain stays on the path that it's on at the moment they said that there could be 200 or so deaths every day in a month or so's time or maybe slightly further down the tracks from that but that is still a fraction of what britain was recording you know there was i remember a day back in the spring when britain counted 900 deaths in a day so in theory you know maybe the medical system can cope with it at the same time the advisors say particularly on the medical side they are very keen on more restrictions being introduced because they say that there is a real risk of the health service being overwhelmed frankly i think there's probably a risk of of any country's health service being overwhelmed if the figures that the medical advisors fear ever came to fruition. You've been listening to Fox News Radio international correspondent Simon Owen. We'll be right back. We're seeing second waves pop up 
across Europe. And I wanted to get your sense on how officials in the United Kingdom are looking at other countries. And we spoke a little bit about this before we started, but there's countries like Israel that saw such a massive second wave that it made the first wave look like it was not even a test, but just a blip on the radar. And Spain is also struggling, seeing thousands of new cases each day. And we're seeing these small upticks in numbers really across Europe and and around the world for countries that beat their first wave of this virus and everyone's still anticipating any vaccine development or even reliable treatment development. Does it seem like the focus is looking at other countries to see how they handle their second waves and then adjust as a result? I think everyone is watching everyone else very closely. And while this is a real life crisis and one that is moving in real time and governments have very serious decisions to be made, it is also a situation where there are simply thousands of experiments going on. And across Europe, for instance, you've got dozens of countries each taking hundreds of different restriction steps on different times and in different stages of of the outbreak. And, you know, they have the spring to look back on now and perhaps some evidence of what might work, what might not work. You know, there has been shifting advice and science across the world. You know, back at the start of the pandemic, there wasn't a great deal of talk about face masks. But actually, over the months, scientists have come around to the idea and said that, yes, they do have have an impact. So, yeah, I mean, it's a case of it's almost kind of clutching at straws and grasping at whatever data and evidence that you can get hold of that can help make your response to the crisis better. But at the same time, it's been held up here as a kind of, I think it's quite difficult sometimes when you're talking about infection numbers being quite high, but that's just people who have a swab and maybe have a cough and then get better. It's hard, I think, it's harder to sell it to the public when hospitalizations are still low and deaths are still very low compared to, for instance, in Britain where they were in the spring. But the authorities here are saying, look at France, where some hospitals are starting to come under pressure. Look at Spain, where they've gone into full local lockdowns almost in certain parts of Madrid. And they're saying that, you know, it's a logical pattern that this is what is going to come down the track in the UK if something doesn't change. And I guess my last question for you has to do with how you approach this as a radio correspondent. You're telling this story of sometimes incomprehensible death and caseload. How do you approach this when you are putting together your stories to get people to care and also to get people to grasp just how bad the situation is in many parts of the UK and around the world? I mean, there's, there's an awful lot of numbers, aren't there? And, and you sort of look at the thousands of cases reported today versus yesterday and what's happened in Spain and France and wherever else and who's restricting what and who's putting masks on where. I, I mean, it is it is sprawling. But I mean, the thing I try and take it back to is, is, is the stories that you hear from all sorts of people. And, and I think pretty much everybody at the moment has a stake in this, whether it's someone that you talk to who's just been made redundant, whether it's somebody who has lost a loved one. I mean, I spoke to somebody the other day who just had to cancel her five-year-old's birthday party. And, and there was a sort of sad element to, to that as, as well. You know, so many people have a, have a stake in this, but I think that's probably the, the unique aspect of this in our lifetimes, at least, is, is that this is 
a news story that I, I think probably impacts everybody to one extent or or another. And so there is that shared connection there, that shared involvement. Everybody has a stake in it. I think everybody's very interested in it still and hearing what's going on elsewhere. And so you can't tell everybody's story in every news report. And perhaps it's just a case of trying to hone in on stories when you can and, and say, look, here's what's happening to one person. Yes, it's just one perspective, but it's something to think about. Certainly. And I know our listeners really value your perspective and nuanced reporting on this issue since the pandemic began and as it continues to spread around the world. Fox News Radio international correspondent Simon Owen. Simon, thank you again for your time. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.